Welcome to Loving Every Stride, the podcast that will help make your running easier. Brought to you by ex-national athlete and UK record holder, Paul Laslett. Powered by the Brightside PT community. For more information and access to your very own Running Faster formula, which will make your running easier, click on the link in the show notes. Enjoy the show and see you on the bright side. Hello and welcome to another episode of Loving Every Stride. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us on this episode today. So the topic we want to cover today is all about are you sabotaging your running progress and what to do if you are because you might be self-sabotaging your running and you don't even know it yet. So we're going to go over that today, and really at the end of this podcast, we want you to understand the importance of the structure, the plan you can have in place, the importance of kind of having that sounding board and thinking about what you're doing, and also really highlight the little things that you may be doing, just may be doing right now, that means that you halt your progress, or it can really affect you either mentally or physically. So in today's podcast is all about what to do when you are self-sabotaging your running progress, even though you may not even know you're doing it yet. So I'm going to bring Marie in. I have plenty of examples I could give you about times when I've realized too late that I'm messing my running up. But Marie's offered to give some lovely examples about times that she's done it. And I hope this will kind of bring it to light and resonate with you guys. So Marie, hello to you. Hello, Paul. Hello, everyone. Yes, I can give plenty of examples of when I have been self-sabotaging my progress without knowing about it. In previous podcasts, and you can go back to the one about running slower, obviously running fast all the time is typically a way to self-sabotage your your running, but we won't, won't talk about this specifically today. I'm sure a lot of you are on Strava and compare themselves to what other people are doing. And that's the worst thing you can do. Comparison is a thief of joy and it really is. And although obviously Strava is great because it's, you know, it's giving you a sense of your progress, you shouldn't compare yourself to other people. You don't know what their circumstances are. You don't know what their life is. Just focus on yourself and on what you are able to achieve. Just focus on trying to, to make progress, trying to beat your own records, except you don't want to try and beat them up all the time. That's one way of sabotaging your, yourself, your progress. Have you done that before, Marie? Like, have you looked at like a run or looked at, you're quite good at doing what you should be doing, aren't you? I have done it to some extent. It took me a long time to get on to Strava. I, I haven't been on Strava. I wasn't on Strava for a very long time. Then I went on to Strava, but I wasn't looking too much at what other people were doing. But when I was, I couldn't help but compare myself to what other people were doing. And it was kind of doing my head in, to be honest. So I'm not a Strava person. I share some stuff now and then for the purpose of sharing an event and marketing an event I've I've enjoyed. And I I just want to tell people it's out there. They want to do it. But I'm not a a big fan of, of Strava. I can resonate with that, Marie. Like, I, I know if I'm if I'm running and I'll, I'll look and I'll, I'll up my, load my run to Strava, and then I'll have a look and see what other people have done. Then I'll look and see, oh, John's run two miles further than me, 
or someone's done this run or someone else has done that run. And then all of a sudden you start thinking, oh, I'm not doing enough. When really you could be doing enough for yourself, right? Exactly. And for me now, if I look at Strava, because I do, I still look at Strava. The, the I feel like we're saying the word Strava a lot. <laughs> we do. But what, what strikes me the most, and I'm just going to say it now and won't say it again, is I see people upload their run and say, oh, easy run. And I look at their pace and I'm thinking, mm, no, I don't think that was an easy run. <laughs> And <laughs> uh, that's, you know, again, we're, we're coming back to the running slow and slower to run faster, but there you go. Another thing I wanted to mention is being your worst enemy when you run. And you know, you go out, you run and you think, oh, that was such a rubbish run. I felt really tired. I didn't run. I wanted to run. So say you do a, a tempo session and you don't meet your expected paces and, and then you say, okay, I'm going to do it again. And the following day you go out again and you try to reach that pace and you don't do it because you're tired because you need to rest and I've done it I've done it countless times I don't do that anymore but I used to do that a lot and you just beat yourself up because you haven't achieved what you set yourself to achieve and you do it day after day and you're just your own enemy because you're being too hard on yourself so it's just accepting that some days you're going to have a bad run so what and it's okay some days you're going to have a bad race and it's okay. It's not because you have a bad race that you're a bad, bad runner. Just put it behind you and move forward. Learn from it. Learn from that tough run. Learn from that tough race or that bad race. See how you can improve and learn from it as opposed to letting that race or run just get you down and yeah. prevent you from, from progressing. And that's one of the, the things a lot of people do. Just Just learn from it. Move on. Have you had one of these races or runs where? Yeah, loads. So I was just thinking, I can remember when I was, I think I was about 16 or 17. So about, about a thousand years ago, I was training really well and I was really looking forward to doing this race, did the race and ran like badly. And I was so upset with myself. And I can remember my coach at the time just said to me, look, you, you don't turn into a bad runner overnight. You just had a bad race. Your training is still in the bank. Don't worry about it. I think if you can understand why you've had a bad run, why the run felt particularly hard, why you weren't able to meet those certain times, then you'll have a much better understanding of kind of going, of being able to accept it rather than kind of, oh man, I'm, I'm rubbish at this. You know, it's, well, that didn't go so well because work's been really stressful over the last two days. This hasn't gone so well because I haven't drunk enough water yesterday. I didn't sleep that well last night. You know, it was really windy and cold, whatever. You know, I didn't have my socks on the right feet. Whatever it is, as long as you can understand why it hasn't gone so well, it's much easier to accept it. And that then comes in like, Marie, you talk about rest. And, you know, that's such an important part of making sure that you're not sabotaging your running is by giving your body enough chance to rest, doing things in the right way. And I think if you can kind of look at what you're doing and think, one, I say, I'll give you a rule that we have with our clients. We say, make sure you have at least, at least two days, at least two days, hopefully three, between doing hard runs. Allow the body to recover. Otherwise, if they're too close together, you're going to get really tired and it affects you mentally 
So I think if you can go into sessions or harder runs when you're feeling fresh or fresher, if that's ever possible, then you'll have a much better experience with the harder sessions that you're doing or the tougher runs. So I really think that's kind of a golden rule to kind of think about is, have I given myself enough time between things? And like Marie said, if something does go badly or does go wrong, review it and go, why was that? Well, you know what? Barely slept last night. That'd be why. I mean, even this list last week, I went out and did a session on a Friday, end of the week. We had a bad week of sleep with the kids and went out and I felt really tired and I did got nowhere near the paces I want to run at. And I came home and said to my wife, I said, oh, I feel like, you know, it was really hard today. I feel really unfit. She was, you're just tired. Go for it. Crack on. You know, like you expect it. And then sure enough, rested over the weekend, didn't run, went out on Monday and did a similar session. And I was a lot quicker because I'd given my body that chance to rest and adapt. But you've got to be able to review that. You've got to be able to look at it. If you're trying to push yourself too frequently, you will be self-sabotaging yourself, not only physically, but mentally. That's one of the other sides of things. And like Marie's saying, in terms of the Strava stuff, you don't know what other people are up to. You don't know what they're not posting on Strava. You don't know. So just try and take what you see with everyone else with a pinch of salt. And, you know, do a little bit of Strava stalking. Yeah, that's always good fun to see what other people are up to. But don't compare it to what you're doing. And I'm sure another thing that just comes to mind, and I know I've been guilty of this in the past, but like I saw actually at the weekend a group of runners doing this in a car park. They were on like 9.7K. And they wanted to get it up to 10K. So they're literally running up. They're doing shuttle runs in the car park to to make up the extra 0.3 of a kilometer. Now, I know we're all a bit like that, you know, like, oh, boy, yeah, everyone's putting their hands up and nodding. Oh, I'm at 9.7, 9.8K. I want to get it up to 10. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Well, it, it does count. And you know what you're doing right at the end of your run when your legs are at their most fatigued, you're having to stop, turn, push and go again. Stop, turn, push and go again. That extra little bit of stress might sound like not much, but if you do that frequently and frequently, you're going to get some injuries. You're going to get some aches and pains. So you kind of got to think nobody cares apart from you maybe that you've done 9.87K instead of 10K. An extra 200 meters or an extra 150 meters in the grand scheme of your training, it will make zero difference to your fitness. But what it could make a difference to is picking up an injury because you're stopping, you're twisting, you're turning, you're pushing, you're using your muscles in a different way again. So that is something else that that you need to consider, think about. I don't want to say get over or just plan your routes better so you actually hit 10k on the nose instead of 9.9 and have to keep going back and forth and then mentally again you think oh i haven't achieved what i set out to achieve because i was 200 meters short 200 meters doesn't make a difference you know it really won't make a difference to your overall target and goal and that's kind of trying to get those beliefs out of the way a little bit and accept the fact that it's fine to do 9.93 kilometers. And you know what? I would go out and run 9.9K 
just to annoy people looking at my Strava, just so that they think he has to run 10K. He, he was 0.1 short to get, you know, to, just to get a reaction. But maybe that's just me being a bit of an ass. But yeah, I'm sure, Marie, you must see people do that as well all, all of the time. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm ve- I used to be quite bad at doing that. But since I've done training with time on my feet, I'm, I'm not so bothered about it. But I would say coming back to the point where you said about, you know, looking at your watch, that's another way to sabotage your training, being obsessed with what your watch is telling you. And we're very fortunate these days where we've got very fancy watches and they tell us so much about us, you know, Garmin or, you know, whatever watch you're wearing is telling you everything about the pace, heart rate, recovery time, uh, your VO2 max and... It can get quite stressful, quite overwhelming. Obviously, it gives you a baseline and it probably tells you if you're going in the right direction, but don't get too hung up on your watch. The number of times my watch has been telling me I was at the moment anti-training because I've taken a couple of days rest after an event on Sunday and my watch is telling me I'm anti-training. I am not. I'm just resting. And I'm not, (laughs) I know I'm not losing fitness because I'm resting from doing a, a long run. So just be careful as to how you use your watch. And actually, something you can do after listening to this podcast is go out for a run and hide your watch. So if you want to record your watch, press start, but hide your watch and just run by feel. Just run as you feel. If you want to go a little bit faster, go a little bit faster and just press stop when you finish. And then have a look at your watch, have a look at how far you've, you've been, how fast You've been, uh, but that's a really good, good exercise to do. And actually, there's something called a naked park run. So don't get me wrong. Hey. Don't get <laughs> naked. <laughs> but where you're not, you're supposed, <laughs> you're supposed to wear, to run without any sort of recording gadget, no phone, no, no watch. So that's actually a very interesting exercise. So, so try that. Absolutely. And, I think, and, and psychologically as well, like with some of our members and I can talk from experience, if I'm doing a training session or a, a, a race or an event and I think, oh, I'm going to run a, I, I think I can run this at, I don't know, whatever, six minute K pace. And you run your first kilometer and you're feeling really fresh. You're feeling awesome. And you look at your watch and it's like a 540K. And automatically your brain says, you're going to be tired because you thought you were going to run six-minute Ks and now it's a 5.40. Then you go, I am going to be tired, aren't I? What? I better slow down. Well, in actual fact, if you hadn't have known what you were doing, you probably would have been absolutely fine. So there is a time and a place to know what you're doing with your watch and making sure you don't go too crazy, don't go too fast, but also... There are times when actually knowing that what speed you're running at can have a, a psychological detrimental effect on you, even on an easy run. If you're going out for an easy run and you're feeling really heavy legged, you're tired or whatever, and then you're looking at your watch and you're like, oh my word, I'm running a you know 12 minute miling and it usually feels easy and it feels really hard. I must be really unfit. Well, no, you're, you're probably just tired. And like we said, I understand why you're feeling tired. And then you'll be able to accept it a lot better. So like we're saying, don't be a slave to the watch. Sometimes the watch will lie. And uh, you don't don't listen to it. And like I say, the, the, that psychological impact it can have on you. Have some belief in what you feel and understand, if you can understand why you feel like that, 
that then is happy days. It's much, much easier to accept. Marie, you must have had, we've all had bad runs and kind of finish a run or finish a race or finish a session and you kind of think, oh, that again can have yes. a really detrimental effect on your motivation. We want to keep people's motivation up. So if you're feeling demotivated after a run, what would you kind of say to someone to help them? Because that, again, that can be self-sabotage. There can be a reason behind it. So how have you dealt with that, Marie? So for me, and I always say to, to my clients, again, we all have bad runs, but think about your last run. Think about a good run you've had. And it's always a good way to pick yourself up because, yes, you've had a bad run, but you've probably had more good runs than bad runs. And if you have more bad runs than good runs, maybe that's when you need to look at what you're doing and how you can change your training a little or where, because if you've got more bad runs than good runs, then there's probably something wrong with how you train or maybe you don't get enough rest. So there's always a reason if you've got more bad runs than good runs. But when you have a bad run, Think about a good run you've had. And I can think of someone I've been training for a while and we run together. And last time we did a 5K time trial, I said to my client, "Don't I don't want you to look at your watch. I will just tell you when we come up to the first K, second K, etc. And um, just trust me. And she didn't look at her watch. We did the 5K time trial. And at the end, I said to her, okay, so how, what time do you think you, you did? And at the end, she gave me a time and I th- said, you were... A minute quicker than what you've just said to me and she just couldn't believe it but for those 5k she didn't look at her watch and she's just she just believed she, she could do what she was doing and it, it worked so really if you've heard a bad run put it past you and just move on just think about the, all those good runs you've had and believe that you're doing the right thing and you you're a good runner and believe you are a runner because i hear so many people say oh i, I run but i'm not a runner Yes, yeah. you run, you are a runner. There's no yeah. such thing. There's no, no criteria to be a runner. There's no pace to qualify as a runner. You know, if you go out and run, you are a runner full stop. Don't start self-sabotaging your training by just believing you're not a runner. And that's one of the worst things you can do if you run full stop. There's not a box for different runners. We are all runners and that's the beauty of the running community. You know, we're all runners. We all fit into that big community and that's wonderful it is it's beautiful it's a beaut it's an absolute beaut yeah, that's a really good point i think you know it's something that we get people to do and i suggest anyone listening to this would do this is just write that down you know like i am a runner i am a runner you know and believe in it or if there's something you want to achieve you know i am a 61 minute 10k runner even if you're not there yet you know but start believing it and you'll start acting the part as well. So a lot of it is self-belief. And that's something that when you've got a decent structure in place with your training, when you start to understand why you're doing things, then, and then this is something that we, we do as coaches, is we can look at someone's training and go, you should be able to run this time now. Without fail, without fail, someone will always go, nah, there's no way I can do that. And you're like, no, no. You can. I believe you can do it. You often take someone else to believe in you before you believe in yourself. And I'm sure that we've all been there. And that's, you know, that's one of the one of the powers of coaching. So we're going to wrap, 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 wrap this episode up. So here are 
some key takeaways, okay, from this. Please be kind to yourself. It's okay to have a bad run. It's only a bad run if you don't understand why it happens. There's always a reason behind it, okay? Set realistic targets. As we've talked about before in a previous podcast, authorize yourself to run slow. Understand that is okay. Only run hard when you need to. Understand that life will get in the way. You know, we are recreational runners and it's not life and death if we miss a run or two here and there. Making sure that running as time for yourself and not always about what's going on on the clock. Always feel better for getting out and getting some fresh air. So make that a focal point. Run naked without a watch. Go by feel sometimes. Okay, don't let the watch dictate. If you feel good and you think, oh, I'm running way too fast, don't worry. You know, don't, especially in a race, don't let the watch dictate you all the time. And certainly if it's telling you your detraining or your VO2 max is three when it should be 33, don't worry about it. It's a machine. It's going to make some mistakes. Have a realistic plan that fits around your lifestyle. You can improve your running just by running three times every 10 days, okay? So I really, really hope that listening to this has helped you in some way mentally and also helped you understand what little things you could be doing that would sabotage your bet. You don't even know it yet, but hopefully thinking about it, listening to this, bringing it to light will then mean that maybe there's a few little things that you've been doing that you will now be conscious of, that you can stop so that you can enjoy and love your running. So thanks again for tuning in. Marie, thank you as ever for putting up with me on this podcast and organizing. And hopefully... And and don't forget, don't forget that resting won't affect your fitness. Resting is good for you. Resting is good for you. In fact, if you have, I think it's something like 7 to 14 days off, The only thing that gets affected, you don't lose any fitness in the first 14 days. It's just your biomechanics that kind of feel a bit funny when you get back into it. After about 21 days, you start losing a bit of aerobic ability. So that says something else to think about. And you said, oh, a little stat there for you. So yeah, we really hope you found this helpful and you've enjoyed it. And we will see you, hear you, hear us, whatever. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Loving Every Stride. If, like us, you absolutely love running, we'd love to have you in our community and help make your running faster. You can join our Facebook group and get your very own Running Faster formula by visiting the link in the show notes, and there will be happy days ahead. Please also remember to subscribe and review so we can spread our love for running. Thank you for listening, and we will see you on the bright side.